spoke and the world was formed to breathe and there was life you hold the universe in the palm of your hand oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth all creation sings every nature shouts of your wondrous works oh lord all glory to our king you shaped the mountains and seas stars in the sky you made the galaxies by the word of your mouth oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth all creation of your wondrous works, oh Lord, all glory to our King. You sent your only Son to die for all my sins. Majestic is your name in all the earth. All creation sings, every nature shouts of your wondrous works, O Lord. All glory to our King. All glory to
The Philippines reporting the first coronavirus death outside of China. It's a man who traveled from Wuhan, the epicenter of the outbreak. There's been no let up in the Philippines either. Seven more people have died, taking the death toll there to 78. No trial, no storm, no sorrow, no pain, and no sickness is going to stop us from loving and serving our God. We will not allow any crisis or pandemic to keep us away from God. We will be relentless in pursuing God. Ravi Zacharias says, and I quote, Never underestimate the value of an individual. We cannot control everything, but one of the things you really can control is to ask the question, what can God have you to do as an individual? Don't underestimate what you can do and what your words can do to accomplish and what your activity for God can actually bring about and make changes. We will continue to serve God no matter what. Brothers and sisters, in these trying times, how can you serve God? I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. I can disciple my Timothys. I can teach the Bible to my children. I care for the sick. I can reach out to someone who is troubled. I can intercede and pray for others. I can encourage and become a blessing to others. I can serve my family. I can share my blessings to those who are in need. I can shine for Jesus in the midst of darkness. Let's not waste this season. Let's keep running the race that God has set for us. Let, Let us live, live for His glory. glory. Good day, brothers and sisters. It's a rainy day today, but uh, don't worry about it. Uh, the preaching of the Word of God continues on. You might be able to hear uh, a seemingly static sound. Actually, that's not a static sound. That's just the sound of the rain. However, I believe the audio is clear enough. And so we will continue and proceed on with the preaching of God's Word. But before we do that, I'd like to greet all of our members from the Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu coming from Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. And let me greet as well our churches from abroad. I'd like to greet our church in Lakewood Living Word in the United States of America. 
I'd also like to greet our churches in England, in the United Kingdom. I'd also like to greet our church in Hong Kong. And so, it's a wonderful day today, wonderful Sunday to be able to worship God. And so I'd also like to greet uh, people who have been viewing us from different parts of the world. So I'd like to welcome in our midst uh, those who are viewing or tuning in from Australia, from New Zealand, from Croatia, from Pakistan, from India, from the Middle East as well, like countries like Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, even Dubai, as well as those who are viewing us from Israel. Welcome once again. I'd also like to greet uh, people watching us from Southeast Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Taiwan, and Thailand. So welcome everybody, and I hope that you and I will be blessed with the preaching of God's Word. Now the title of this morning sermon is The One Answer to the One Question. The One Answer to the One Question. I'd like all of us to please rise from our seats and I'd like us to read Psalm 121 at this time. It says, A song of ascents, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Shall we bow our heads in prayer at this time? Our Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this lovely Sunday morning, O God. We thank you for this blessed opportunity just to be able to worship and glorify your holy name. Indeed, you are worthy of all praise. And even in the midst of this valley of this coronavirus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you still allow us to have mountaintop experiences of your peace, your joy, your presence, your intimacy. We thank you, O God, that our faith is not disturbed by circumstances that take place, but our faith even grows stronger and stronger as our faith is being purified like gold. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, for all the faithfulness and loving kindness we experience every single day of our lives. And today, Lord, is your day. We want to bless and honor you. We want to be able to glorify your holy name. And so we pray, Lord, that there will be no hindrances in our worship and in our study of your word. We pray, O God, that you might minister to us through the power and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is going to be achieved today, we will give you back all the glory, all the praises, 
and all the thanks in Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, a good day to each and every one of us. Now, in this pandemic crisis that you and I are going through, I believe that there are many questions that are running through our minds. But if you will uh, indulge me, I would like to be able to say that there is probably just one question that is very, very prominent in our minds right now. And I would like to be able to say that to that one question that you and I have, there is really just one answer. And so I pray that this morning's sermon will be an inspiration to all of us. Because I know that some of us are undergoing depression. Some of us are slowly drifting away from the Lord. Some of us might possibly be losing our faith. There are many questions and doubts that we have, most especially in relation to the Word of God or the promises of God. And I'm here to instruct you, brothers and sisters, with a psalm that I hope would encourage all of us. A psalm that would build us up. A psalm that would edify us. A psalm that would strengthen our faith in the Lord. To the questions that you and I have and to that one question that I will propound to you, there is just really one answer. And so allow me to give you a brief outline of our study right now of Psalm 121. Here's the outline. We just have three main points, really. The first is the question everybody is asking. We find this in verse 1. And then in verse 2, we find the only answer. And then the final part, we will be talking about the how of the answer in verses 3 to 8. Now in verse 3, it says, He will not allow your foot to slip. In verse 3, 4, and 7, it says, He will keep you. And then in verses 5 to 6, it says, He will be your shame. And finally, in verses 7 to 8, it says, He will protect and guard you. So let's begin and dive into our text as we unpack before us Psalm 121. Now let's talk about the question everybody is asking in verse 1. It reads, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from where Shall my help come? Now I'd like to begin first of all with the title that we find in this particular psalm, the superscription. It says, this is a song of ascents. So basically what that means is that this is once again a pilgrimage song. You and I know that the people in the Old Testament, the people of Israel actually traveled to Jerusalem three times a year. So may, they made that appearance three times a year. And so all of the people from the north, from the south, from the east and the west would congregate all in Jerusalem. And they would go to the Temple Mount. 
Now, just try to imagine the picture as they are traveling all the way to Jerusalem. You would assume, of course, that they would be traveling together with their families and together with their neighbors. And as they would do that, they would now begin singing pilgrim songs. Now, this happens to be one of the pilgrim songs. But aside from that, we are told that it is the song of Athens, meaning to say that as they approach Jerusalem, they will see mountains, actually three mountain ranges. The first would be Mount Zion, uh, somewhere in the south, of course, uh, facing the south. And then you have the Mount of Olives. And then, of course, finally, you have the Mount uh, Moriah the mountain of Moriah. And so, as they approach these mountains, they are going up these mountains. And as they approach these mountains, they now begin to enter the area which we call as Mount Moriah. And in Mount Moriah, there is actually a staircase that is leading all the way to the Temple Mount. And I'd like to be able to show this to you, uh, a picture that we took of the staircase leading all the way to the Temple Mount. And so you will see that here in this PowerPoint presentation. Now, as they go up that staircase, they would be singing this song. The next thing that I would like to share to you, of course, is that the Temple Mount was, of course, a place where atoning sacrifice was made. This was where bulls and goats and lambs would be sacrificed to atone for the sins of the nation of Israel as well as the individual Jews. But let me just tell you that the Temple Mount was not just a place of sacrifice. It was also a house of prayer. And this is exactly what was in the mind of Solomon when he dedicated the Temple Mount. And so I'd like to share to you 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 21, one of the contents of the prayer of Solomon. And so this is what it says in 2 Chronicles 6, 21. Listen to the supplications of your servant, and of your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place, hear from your dwelling place, from heaven, hear and forgive. So, once again, let me just make mention of the fact that it was not just a place for atoning sacrifice. This was a house of prayer. And up until today, the Orthodox Jews actually gathered themselves in what is called as the Western Wall. According to the Jews, this is actually the closest place to where the Holy of Holies used to be. And what you will find in the Western Wall is many Jews bowing their heads and praying to Yahweh. And many of them actually even insert some prayer petitions in some of the uh, gaps between the wall. And that is what they do. They put in their prayer petitions and they start praying to God. And so you could just imagine when the pilgrims would all go 
to the Temple Mount, they were all excited, not only because their sins would be forgiven, but they were very, very excited because they could actually pray to the living God. And I'd like us to be able to know that right now, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you and I should continually be excited and enthusiastic about prayer because after all, our God lives and dwells in us. In fact, the most interesting thing that we discover about the usage of the word temple in relation to our bodies is that it uses the Greek word naos. It is the same Greek word that is actually used for the holy of holies. And therefore, what it means is that we can enter boldly into God's throne of grace. We now have access into the very throne room of God because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So we are actually a moving house of prayer. So it doesn't really matter where you are. You might be in your office or you might be in your kitchen or you might be in your bedroom or you might even be in the toilet. Or you might be traveling, riding a jeepney, riding a bus, or maybe you're driving a car. Whatever it is that you are doing, remember that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we thank the Lord for the grace that has been given to us, that wherever we are, we can actually pray to the Lord. But going back once again to the pilgrims, how excited they were to be able to pray and seek the face of God as they entered the temple. Now, in these desperate times, there is one question that we are asking. That is why I'd like to read once again verse 1. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. And once again, just try to imagine the picture. They were approaching Mount Moriah and many of them were approaching Mount Moriah through the Mount of Olives and through Mount Zion. And so as they were lifting up their eyes to Mount Zion and the Mount of Olives and probably looking from a distance, Mount Moriah, they were saying, from where shall my help come? From where shall my help come? And I think that is the one question that you and I are asking right now, from where shall my help come? And I think we can relate that to practically every aspect of our lives or probably relating that in terms of our business or probably asking, where does my help come when it comes to my business? Where will, where will my help come from when it comes to the schooling of my children? Where will my help come when it comes to the uh, tuition fee of my children or the rent that I have to pay or the business that I have? I believe these are, this is the question that you and I are raising before the Lord and before our families right now. And let me just tell you, dear brothers and sisters, there is only one answer and that answer is found in verse 2, it says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth.
Now, to this verse, there is only one answer. And the answer is the Lord. Now, I know for some people, this sounds so simplistic and so naive. It's actually, to some people, a cop-out. And people would say, you always say, the Lord, the Lord, and the Lord. But to us believers in Christ, we find that the answer is really the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is our sufficiency. The Lord is our adequacy. The Lord is our deliverer. The Lord is our provider. The Lord is our keeper. And so to us believers in Christ, there is really one answer to that one question. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Now I know that a lot of people would, would rather think about coming up with strategies or repackaging themselves or reinventing themselves to be able to answer the many questions of this pandemic crisis. And I would like to submit to you, dear brothers and sisters, that what we are experiencing right now is actually a very humbling situation. I would not be surprised at all if many of us have been perplexed by the present situation that you and I are in. We did not see this coming. We did not see that the pause button would be pushed when it comes to the global economy. We did not see it coming that the pause button would be pushed as well when it comes to the political world or even churches. The pause button has been pushed. And so this is truly something that is perplexing. We were not able to prepare for this. Our books did not prepare us for this. Our education did not prepare us for this. All the training and all the seminars and all the conferences that you and I attended, both Christian and secular, did not actually prepare us for this. There is actually no manual that you and I have that will help us navigate the situation that you and I are in. And so, yes, I know that some people would consider my answer or the Bible's answer as very simplistic and very naive. But then again, let us try and figure out who is this Lord? Who is this God? And why should He be the only one answer to the many problems and the many perplexing situations that you and I are in? Well, here's what the Bible says in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, the Lord that you and I are serving is not an ordinary God. But we are told in verse 2 that our God is the God who made heaven and earth. Now think about creation, my dear brothers and sisters. Think about the galaxies, the billions of galaxies that you and I find in this universe. Think about the sun, the moon, and the stars. Think about the earth with all its natural resources and natural beauty. Think about the human anatomy itself. 
the brain that you and I have, the eyes that cause us to be able to see, our ears that cause us to be able to hear, our mouth which causes us to be able to eat, and not only eat, but communicate to one another. Think about the heart that you and I have that is pumping all the blood, that is circulating all the blood in our system. Think about the inner organs that you and I have, our kidneys, our liver, and all the parts of our body, our hands, our feet. Think about all of those things and what do you see? You see a very intelligent being. You see a being that is so sophisticated. A being that is almighty and all-powerful and all-wise. That is what I see. And I hope that that is what you see as well. Many times our problem is that we are so distracted by, distracted by the hustle and bustle of this life. We see so many things, but we fail to see this God who made heaven and earth. And I would like to remind you, my dear brothers and sisters, that the God that you and I serve is not an ordinary God. He is the creator of this universe. Think about the power that was able to make everything that you and I see. Think about the power that you and I are able to touch. Think about the power that you and I are able to hear. All of that comes from God who is our creator. So don't tell me that my answer is simple. Don't tell me that my answer is naive. Don't tell me that my answer is too simplistic. Friends, it is the answer. It is the answer that answers all of the perplexities of this life. It is the only answer, my dear brothers and sisters, that will truly assist, help, and deliver us from any and every situation, every trial and storm that you and I face. So once again, don't tell me that this is such a simple and naive answer. It is the best possible answer. And that answer, you know, it doesn't get any better than that answer that I gave to you. Now, I'd just like to share to you a, a passage of Scripture in the New Testament, which speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord, Master, and Savior is not an ordinary being. Our Lord Jesus Christ is God Himself, and not only is He God, He is Creator. Have a look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17 at this time. It says, He, that is referring to Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, the firstborn of all creation does not mean that He was a created being. The word firstborn here has the idea of preeminence. And so we are to see the Lord Jesus Christ as the preeminent one over creation. That is the emphasis of this verse of scripture. Now watch verse 16. It says, for by him all things were created. 
So as we survey planet Earth and as we survey what we see in the skies, remember God, Jesus Christ, is the author and the creator of all these things. All these things were created by Christ himself. It says, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And we just realize the complexity of our creation. When we realize the complexity of the galaxies that you and I find in this universe. When you and I just begin to meditate and ponder on the complexities of the human anatomy. I believe it will cause you to be in awe of this great and majestic creator that you and I have. Unfortunately, so many people have minimized God in their lives. I recall when I was studying in college and my, uh, my course was communication arts, otherwise known as mass communications. And I had a teacher who was actually a well-known script writer. And he has written so many famous uh, scripts which turned out to be blockbuster movies. And I recall what he particularly said when, uh, when we were in class one time because he was talking to us about film. By the way, film was my, uh, my major subject or my major uh, course. And he said that in filmmaking, you can actually become like God. And what he really meant by that is that as a filmmaker, you're able to create what? You're able to create stories. You're able to create plots. You're able to create something that will capture the imagination of people, which will cause their emotions to be stirred, which might move them into particular actions. So that is what he meant. And yes, to a certain extent, God has equipped us to create certain things in our lives. And, you know, I, I marvel at the many things that man has been able to create. For example, how man was able to invent the airplane. You and I know that the law of gravity actually pulls everything down. And we see planes on high flying with, with passengers on it. And it, it just blows my mind that man was able to create or invent something like the airplane so that travel right now has become faster. And we think about the internet. We think about the digital world. What it is able to do. What it is able to accomplish. <coughs> and, and again, I marvel at human ingenuity but then let us remember that we are simply bearers of the image of God we are simply I would even say a poor reflection of God who himself is the creator of this universe and that being the case I believe we need to be able to put God at the very center of our hearts to be worshipped 
to be revered, to be adored, to be admired. We should constantly be in awe of the goodness, the greatness, and the power of this mighty creator. And let me tell you something else. Look at what verse 17, Colossians 1 says. It says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. In Him all things hold together. You know what that means, brothers and sisters? It means that if the Lord Jesus Christ was not holding things together, the, the galaxies in the universe, the sun, the moon, the stars, and even earth itself would collapse. There will be a cosmic collapse of everything that you and I see if the Lord Jesus Christ did not hold all things together. And so that is how mighty and how powerful our Creator is. That is how mighty and powerful our Lord Jesus is. And that is why let us not minimize God in our lives. Let us not belittle God in our lives. Sadly, with many of us as we face this pandemic crisis, God has become very small and very little in our eyes. And I believe we need to go back into scriptures because when you and I go back into scriptures, we begin to have a high view of who this God is. He is not an ordinary God. He is a God who is alive. He is a God who is able to do over, above, beyond what we ask or even think of. This is the God that you and I serve. So my answer is not simple. It is, it is an answer that actually answers every question that you and I might have in this life. Martin Luther, by the way, loved this psalm. And he said of this psalm, This is a psalm of consolation. Wherein the psalmist, from his own experience, exhorts the godly to a constancy of faith. And to an expectation of help and defense from the Lord. I like what Martin Luther said. He said, this is a psalm of consolation wherein the psalmist from his own experience gives an exhortation. In other words, Martin Luther, I'm sorry, the psalmist did not lift this up from a theological book. The psalmist did not simply come to this conclusion because he read the Torah. This psalmist came to this conclusion because this was his very experience in the very presence of God. And sometimes I think this is the problem with a lot of believers right now. Many believers right now simply look at God and, and the things of the scriptures as mere academic exercises. So yes, we understand all the ologies, the theology, the pneumatology, the Christology, the ecclesiology, the eschatology. We understand all of those things, but the only thing that it has done is merely filled up our brains. And yet, 
to many of those who have trained themselves in the scriptures, there is no real and genuine experience and encounter with God. And what is the result of that? A dryness in their souls. A dryness, a hollowness that they find in their souls. They remain empty and bereft of joy and peace. Yet here the psalmist was not one who was educated in the seminaries and yet because of his rich experience with God, he understood exactly who his God was. Now don't get me wrong. I am not at all undermining academics. I am not at all undermining seminaries. But what I would like us to understand is that our God is a God that we need to be able to encounter. Because if we do not encounter and experience our God, everything that we learn becomes merely part of information that we store up in our heads. In the end, when a crisis like this happens, we cannot help ourselves. Why? Because we have not experienced God at all. So what would happen is, what we will have would simply be lingo, religious lingo. It will simply be words, words that do not mean anything at all. But friends, when you and I encounter God, when you read passages of scripture like this, there is an exaltation that happens in your heart and you begin to just worship God and bless God and say, yes, 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 my help comes from the Lord. That is what you and I would be able to say. That is why Martin Luther says that this brings about an expectation, an expectation of help and defense from the Lord. Now, please do not ever forget that God makes all things beautiful in His time. You know, my wife shared to her uh, uh, women's group a very beautiful illustration. And in this illustration that she shared to the women, she asked this question, if you happen to be riding on a train and then you pass through this dark tunnel and it, it's going to be a very, very long tunnel. It's a very, very dark tunnel. You don't really see anything. In that moment when you are in this dark tunnel, what do you do? Do you throw your ticket away? Do you jump out of the train? Because it's dark. And you know what? I know that some people have actually committed suicide. As a result of COVID-19. Because they do not see any hope. They do not see light at the end of the tunnel. So my question to you is, are you going to bail out in this dark time? Are you going to jump out of the train and throw your ticket away? Just simply because you do not see the light. Or are you going to stay put in the train because you trust our engineer, God himself. You trust our engineer, Jesus Christ himself. I tell you, this dark tunnel will pass. 
In the same way that during the time of Noah, the, the rain stopped, the flood stopped, the earth became dry again. I tell you, a time will come, this pandemic crisis will end. Now, I do not know if it, it will end sooner than we expect it to be. It doesn't really matter. What I know is this. My help comes from the Lord. And he makes all things beautiful in his time. Now we go to the third and final part. The how of the answer in verses 3 to 8. And under that, it says here in verse 3, He will not allow your foot to slip. Verse 3 reads, He will not allow your foot to slip. Now, this verse of scripture gives us a wonderful assurance that God will order our steps so that we do not enter into places which are slippery. Now, when the Bible says the slipping of the feet, it is actually an Old Testament expression that speaks about misfortune. So here, we are given an assurance that God will not allow the slipping of our feet. That is, of course, if we are walking at the center of His will. One of the things that you and I know is that God Himself is the one who orders our steps. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And then in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24, it says, Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? So very clearly, God is not only a participant in our lives, but He is the one who ordains certain things taking place in our lives as He orders our steps. Now, let me just ask you this question. Are we therefore then to become passive in this situation, knowing that God, after all, orders our steps? Are we to be like Juan Tamad? I recall that, that caricature of Juan Tamad who was lying down on a, uh, lying on a tree, and while he was lying on a tree, he opened his mouth waiting for the coconut to fall onto his mouth. So the question is, are we to do that or to follow the example of one tamad? No, not, not, that is not what the Bible is actually teaching us. We need to understand that when it comes to our own personal sanctification, it is synergistic. We are not called by God to be passive, but He has called us to be proactive. And that is why we need to make sure that we are aligned with the will of God. And how does that happen? It happens when you and I pray before the Lord. When we pray before God and seek His will, we can align ourselves with God's perfect will. And God's perfect will will make us make the right or the good choices in life. Now I'd like to share to you Romans chapter 12 verse 2 at this time. And this tells us something about the will of God. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So three things that Paul tells us about the will of God. The will of God is good, the will of God is acceptable, and the will of God is perfect. But how do you and I arrive at the will of God? Once again, it has to do with the renewing of the mind as verse 2 tells us, and that comes about as we meditate on scriptures and as we seek the face of God in prayer. So again, brothers and sisters, this is very important. What a wonderful assurance that we have that God will not allow our foot to slip. And then in verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5a, and verse 7, we find a similar phrase that keeps on appearing. And that phrase is, He will keep you. Look at what it says in verse 3. It says, He who keeps you will not slumber. Then verse 4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And then, in verse 5, it says, The Lord is your keeper. Now, like a watchman, the Lord keeps us safe 24-7. And how can He do that? Because our God never sleeps. We have a saying that there are some people who are sleeping on their jobs. But God never does that. God is always active. God is always doing something. God is always working. There is never a time that God takes a vacation. There is never a time that God is on forlorn. There is never a time when God is sleeping. He is constantly and perpetually awake watching and keeping all of us. God is like a garrison that hedges us from all impending dangers. And you and I can agree that life is actually full of dangers. Sometimes I feel that we do not realize how, how dangerous, how perilous life can actually be. Any moment in time, you and I can be sick. Any moment in time, there might be a, an incipient cancer that might be invading the, the good cells of our body. And we may not even know that. Or there might be an accident waiting to happen in our lives. And we fail to understand that life actually is full of danger. And now more than ever because of this pandemic crisis. With hundreds of thousands of people dying. I think we have more than 300,000 people all over the world who have already died. And what do we discover? We have discovered that life is fragile. Now we have a great sense of our mortality. But what a blessing it is to know that although life is full of dangers, God is always more than equal to all of the dangers that you and I face. And why can we say that? Because our God is not like other gods who are false gods. You know, in one of our trips to Israel, 
we went to uh, Mount Carmel, where uh, Elijah had this great battle against the prophets of Baal, hundreds of them. And I'd like to be able to show you a, a picture which we will show you right now on the PowerPoint presentation. And you see me together with uh, our dear friend and member, uh, Brother Bruce. And right out our, at our back is a statue of Elijah commemorating the victory of Elijah over the prophets of Baal. And I recall that uh, particular narrative which I would like to quote to you in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 25. As Elijah was challenging the prophets of Baal, he said, So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one ox for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Then they took the ox which was given them, and they, pray, they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they made. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them. And this was a kind of holy trash talking, I would say. Uh, Elijah mocked them and said, Call out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Either he is occupied or gone aside. In fact, some uh, Bible scholars have humorously translated this as, maybe he went to the toilet. Either he is occupied or gone aside, or is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and needs to be awakened. Now that cannot be said about our God. Our God is always awake. Our God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And because our God neither slumbers nor sleeps, He is able to keep us. And so once again, let me reiterate, we are invincible until it is our time. When it is our time, we cannot do anything about it after all because death will find us because our mission here on earth is accomplished. It is done. God wants us to go home. And if that is the case, then so be it. Hallelujah. We will enter into a place where there is no weeping, no more tears, no more crying, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. And of late, there have been some godly people who have gone home to be with the Lord. What blessing it is to be in the presence of God. But friends, while you and I are still here on earth, we are not to walk in fear. If God still has a mission laid aside for us, we will survive physically this pandemic crisis. But if it's our time, it's our time. And what a great time it is to be with the Lord. But again, one, one thing we find here with our God is that He will keep us. Now, in verse 5b and 6, it says that He will be our shade. Allow me to read verse 5 and 6. It says, The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, let me remind you that this is a song of ascents. 
In other words, this is a pilgrim song. And I made mention of the fact at the introduction that pilgrims will be coming from different parts of uh, the, the kingdom of Israel. Some would be coming from the north. Some would be coming from the east. Some would be coming from the west. And there would be some who would be coming from the south. Now, the southern part of Israel is known to be a, a vast desert land. In fact, the Negev right now in Israel, in modern-day Israel, composes 65% of the entire country. And so that is arid desert. Now, traveling pilgrims knew the treacherous environment in an arid desert. And I'd like to show to you here a picture of, of me and my wife riding a camel in the desert Negev or Negev. And it was a fun ride, actually. We enjoyed uh, riding the camel. We had uh, some people who joined us, and it was a fun ride. We were, uh, we were having our pictures taken. We were uh, doing our videos and all of that. It was really a fun ride. But we only did it for maybe about 15 minutes. Now, try to imagine if you are from Beersheba, and you have to travel for several days in the desert. Now that arid desert would indeed be very, very treacherous. Now when the Bible says, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The right hand here represents the place of human need. Once again, the right hand represents the place of human need. Let me ask you this question. Has there ever been a time that you and I were not needy? Now some, of course, would say, well, I've always been self-sufficient. I've always been self-adequate. The truth of the matter is God has just been so gracious to you. Because if God abandoned you, you would just realize how much you needed God. And that is why... The psalmist here was thankful that the Lord was his shade in the place of human need, in the place of his own human need. Now, it says here, the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, there's something that some people don't understand about the desert. In the desert, uh, when you are... Uh, when you are walking or uh, riding a camel for several hours, the, the burning sun could actually dehydrate you. That is why to people who are traveling in the desert, one of the most important essentials that you need to have would be water. That is the reason, by the way, that in the tourist buses that uh, we would ride, there's always mineral water for all of us. And our tourist guide would always say, you need to rehydrate or to hydrate all the time. Because oftentimes when we go to the south in Beersheba and those desert places, boy, I tell you, the heat could be terrible. And so uh, the psalmist is saying here that the, the sun, the sun would not burn and dehydrate them. They, the sun would not smite them why because the lord is their shame 
Now, there's another thing about the desert. In the desert at night, it can actually be very, very cold. In fact, it could be freezing cold in the desert. And I believe that when it says here, uh, the sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night, this is what the psalmist was referring to. And yet we find here that God is able to be uh, the shade of God's people, God's protection at that time. Now in verses 7 to 8, we find also that the Lord will protect and guard you. It says here, the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Now I like what it says in verse 7. It says, the Lord will protect you from all evil. Now I believe that the context here has to do with, with all sorts of calamities. And the Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Make no mistake about it. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. The way God delivers us could be external. The way that God delivers us could also be internal. But the point here is that the Lord will protect us from all evil. And so what, what a comforting assurance this is, most especially in the light of the coronavirus. We find here a, a reassurance that God will protect us. Verse 8 is even more beautiful. It says, The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. You know, this is very... Uh, I would say this is a verse of scripture that is very dear to me at this time. Why? Because remember, one of the fears that you and I have right now because of this coronavirus is when we are going out, right? When we go out, we're afraid that we might catch the virus. When we do our grocery or when we do our errands, when we go out, we're afraid that we might catch the, vi uh, the virus when, when somebody talks to us, when, when somebody uh, communicates to us, or when we touch certain things, we're afraid that we might touch the virus. But then it's not only the going out that we're scared of. We're also afraid when we come in, when we go into our houses. And why should, why should we be afraid? We're afraid that we might be contaminated. Our clothes might be contaminated. The, the things that we're bringing might be contaminated. So we're afraid both of our going out and our coming in. And the same thing was actually true with the pilgrims. They were afraid when, when they would be going out and going all the way to Jerusalem. And of course, they were also afraid when they were coming in or going back to their respect, respective tribes and places. Because there was always uh, danger lurking sometimes in the valleys, whether with beasts or with those who, are, uh, those who are robbers or thieves. There's always that threat. And so what a great comfort when it says, the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. By the way, when it says the Lord will guard your going out and coming in, 
it speaks about the completeness of God's protection. The completeness of God's protection. He will protect us and guard us in every journey and in every activity that you and I make. And by the way, it's not only in this life. It says the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Listen to what it says. From this time forth and forever. So God will be protecting us here and now, but not only here and now, God will be protecting us then and there forever. What a blessed assurance this psalm has been. Yes, friends, we ask this question, where does my help come from? And there is only one answer to that one question. And the answer is, my help comes from the Lord. I hope that this psalm has been a blessing to you, dear brothers and sisters. And again, let me just ask you to just be proactive in sharing the gospel. Please like and share this video. Uh, sh uh, like it and share it. Uh, put it on your uh, Facebook wall. Share it on Viber and share it on Messenger. So that we could touch many lives. Many people could be blessed. Right now we are so thankful to God that uh, in our survey, uh, many nations have been viewing us. Uh, all the way from Europe, all the way from the Middle East, all the way from the Americas, all the way from Southeast Asia. There are many people who are viewing us. And it's not that we want uh, to be heard uh, for ourselves or for our own sake. We want the gospel to be heard for the sake of souls so that they might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so I'd like to talk to those who are viewing me right now. If you're watching me for the very first time, or if you've been watching me uh, for the past few rare times that you have been listening to me, I'd like to appeal to you. The one answer to your life is Jesus Christ. He is the answer to your problem of sin. He is the answer to your problem of salvation. He is the answer to your situation right now. And if I were you, I would make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. Because if I make him the Lord and Savior of my life, he will forgive me of all my sins. He will cleanse and wash me of all unrighteousness. And he will put in me the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So that I could live a life of power, a life of victory, a life of victory over sin, over temptation, a life of victory over trials, difficulties, and storms. Jesus Christ is the only answer to whatever problem that you and I have. Surrender your life to him. And the Bible says that he will save your soul. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have 
everlasting life. And that everlasting life, that eternal life can begin for you right now. If you make Jesus your Savior and Lord. As the book of Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. Let me close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you for this blessed time. Thank you, O oh God, for using me, a very weak instrument of yours. And I pray that your word will not return to you null and void, but that it might accomplish the very purpose by which you have sent it for. So thank you once again for today, O oh Lord. And we thank you for our brothers and sisters who have been faithfully partnering with us in the work of the Lord by giving and sharing their resources to the work of ministry. Bless them, O God, even in this pandemic crisis. And whatever has been achieved, we give you back the glory, praises, and thanks. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen and amen. So I'd like to say goodbye. And my team would like to say goodbye. My wife, Marie, and AJ would like to say goodbye to all of you. See you next time. Here are our announcements. All our services are still suspended until further notice. We enjoin you to watch the coverage of our service every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Please visit our Facebook page, Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu International Incorporated, and our website, www.livingword.ph. You can also check out our YouTube channel, to view all of our services and programs. Our sermon can also be heard over DYFR-FM 98.7 on your dial every Saturday and Sunday at 8 p.m. We are also seen on Sky Cable Channel 54 from Monday to Saturday at 8 p.m. Also, please check our Facebook page every day as we have lined up posts catering to our youth, our young adults, our couples, our worship lovers, the children's ministry, and others. Likewise, let me announce that we are pre-selling my next book, More Than Enough, at 300 pesos. The regular retail price is 350 pesos, so you get to save 50 pesos. The book is about learning how to conquer trials and sufferings. Kindly text your orders to 0931-037-6944. We also have a new gospel-centered discipleship material entitled Knowing Christ. It's available for only 150 pesos. Kindly text the number on your screen. Please do not also forget that we have an interactive midweek table talk every Wednesday live at 2 p.m. We have a series on the book of Revelation and right now we are talking about the tribulation period. Later on, we will likewise be talking about the rapture and the millennium. Please do not also forget our live intercession every Friday at 2 p.m. We would like you to join us in our prayers. 
there are a lot of things that we need to be praying for. So please join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Our International Bible Institute is now offering online teaching in church history. The deadline of enrollment would be on July 2. The start of online teaching would be July 7, 2020. The schedule of online teaching would be Tuesdays at 10 in the morning. Now, I will personally facilitate this class. Although it will come out Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, it will be pinned on our Facebook page in International Bible Institute. So you can view it after 10 o'clock in the morning. Likewise, we are offering Old Testament 103, the Kingdom Period. You can enroll in Old Testament 103 as a correspondent student. The deadline of enrollment for Old Testament 103 is also on July 2. And here's some good news. We can deliver your IBI materials through LBC, or you can get your materials as well at the Living Word Center in Manawa. We'd also like to thank our partners and those who are our members who have been consistently giving to partner with us in the work of the Lord. We'd like to share our giving channels to those who would like to partner with us in the work of the Lord. You can deposit your love offerings to the following banks. Banco de Oro. Account name is LWCCCII. The account number is 001-0000068800. We also have a BPI account. Account name is Living Word Christian Ministries, Cebu Incorporated. Account number is 10210234. Finally, we have RCBC. Account name is LWCCCII. Account number is 1452005286. You may also send your love offerings and donations online through our website. Go to www.livingword.ph and click Give, and then a dialog box comes out of it kindly click on your giving preferences. Thank you and God bless.